0: Good morning. It's so fantastic to be here with you this morning. Um, I'm going to be continuing our series on the kingdom of God. And I'm going to start off by asking a question. When you think of the word king, what do you see? Do you see a king sat on his throne? A king keeping his distance? Maybe a king giving orders but not getting his own hands dirty? Uh, Do you see a king who is untouchable? A king who personifies fear and overbearing authority. What do you see? Who do you see? You know, so many of us declare that Jesus is, is our God, he's our friend, our Father, our beloved, but how many of us would automatically say King? King, ruler of all. And you know, the word King has so many different connotations, doesn't it? And truth be told, a lot of them are negative. And we see this throughout history. Kings are men who have held a place of privilege. Men who sit on a throne, eat and drink too much and give orders, running away at the first hint of any kind of trouble. That is not a king. Or to the other extreme, overbearing authoritarians who demand and rule through fear and a thirst for destruction and desolation. And that is not a king. You know, we allow our earthly lens to impact our spiritual lens so much And this can stop us from experiencing the fullness of who our God is. Knowing and understanding the nature of God our King enables us to walk in the King's authority. Actively clothing ourselves with power from on high and expecting situations and atmospheres to change when we are present. And in order for us to understand and bring the Kingdom of God into our everyday lives, we have to know and understand the King. So who is he then, this King Jesus? I'm gonna read from Revelation um, 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron sceptre. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And this is our king. Our king holds All authority, all power in his hands. He doesn't abuse it. He doesn't hold it over us like a stick. But he is a king who empowers us. He is a king who takes hold of us and says, My kingdom will come because I've already won. But I need you to take hold of this authority that I am giving to you. And I need you to fight. I need you to be all that I've called you to be. And yes, at times that is a friend, it's a confidant, it is showing my peace, my love and my joy. Yet in all of this, there is a need for my warriors to know my voice, the call of their king. And I'm not simply calling my army, my people to assemble, but I am calling them to action, to move out. You know, verse 11 tells us that he wages war You know, our king is not sitting idly, waiting for the enemy to infiltrate. He's the one instigating. He's the one saying, no way are you gaining any more ground. You do not hold any authority here. I do, the king of kings. The war which King Jesus wages is from no principle of ambition, lust power, or extension of conquest or dominion, like maybe we would expect from the tyrant kings of history. It is righteous in its principle and in its object. The king of kings is a righteous king and he takes his righteousness to the battlefield. Revelation 19 verse 11 to 16 is about us fighting for God and for his kingdom. It is about us seeing our king for who he truly is, a warrior, a warrior king who loves justice and hates robbery and wrongdoing. Isaiah 61 verse 8. We as his people need to stand up and be counted. We need to hate robbery and wrongdoing. You know, to hate wrongdoing is not so easy as it once was. They are obviously the obvious references that we see in the Ten Commandments. But so much of our culture feeds into our everyday lives. And at times, it can blur the lines between what God says, our spiritual lens, and what the world says, our earthly lens. To hate wrongdoing, we need to love God's kingdom so passionately that like Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 21, we say for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We need to love the king in such a way that we accept his rule and his reign in all areas of our lives. Not just the ones we give him permission to. We need to see this not as a punishment, but as an honor. Because we know if we lay everything before the feet of our king, if we live our life his way, through his agenda, his purposes, then he will bless us. If we live our lives like this, then there are no blurred lines. Again, Paul tells us in Romans 12 verse 9, to hate what is evil, cling to what is good our lives are so bombarded with social media friends family that can feed us lies of the enemy you know how many of us have succumbed to the go on one more drink will not do you any harm or it's only a tv show oh it doesn't matter or it's only a bit of fun you won't cross the real line it's what everyone else is doing or how many of us have felt the pressure of success, to achieve, to be the best in college and university, at work, but at the sake of what? At the sake of the King? There are three things or blurred lines that God has highlighted to me. And even if these three areas don't apply to you, in this moment, I want I want you to ask God to speak to you right now. Ask Him to highlight areas where His Lordship, His rule, isn't operating to its fullness. Where you saying to him, "Nope, this area of my life is mine, and not yours So the first one proverbs eighteen twenty one tells us how the tongue has power of life and death. The way we speak sets us apart from the world. my ten year old gets particularly upset when his friends in school or football swear, um, and you know he recognizes that the words they use are not positive, they're not building others up and, Actually, they are negative and harmful. We want to be those who speak words of life, not destruction. And if you know your words are not bringing honour to God, that they're not building up, and they're not, they, they're, but they are bringing destruction, you need to stop, say sorry, and change. The second thing, 1 Corinthians 6.20 tells us how we have been bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. You know, some of us may be in the early stages of relationships, some of us have years of wisdom behind us. But if you know that your relationship has not or is not honouring to God, I urge you to seek out men and women of God to help you. There's no condemnation in Christ. But if you know that a physical line has been crossed with your relationship, you need to stop. You need to say sorry. You need to change. And if you need to talk to someone about it, get in touch. There are a mass of wonderful people who are here not to judge, but to support, to help, and to encourage you to be the best that you can be. Number three, Matthew 5.14 tells us, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, God very clearly said to me, tell my people to stop being someone I've not called them to be. Basically, he's saying, when you're around your non-Christian friends, live the same life that you would when you're with your Christian friends the king is simply saying seek my kingdom first seek me and everything else in life will slot into place just fine it won't always be easy but I am there What matters most in this life is us listening to our King, seeking his face and following his voice because King Jesus in all his glory and purity is calling us to follow him into battle. He is calling us to understand the authority, the righteousness, the truth, peace, love and joy that have been bestowed on us. And he is saying it's time to stand and it's time to fight. Obviously, when I'm referring to fighting here, I am not talking about a physical fight. I'm referring to a spiritual battle, a battle between good and evil. Fight for truth with truth, not through frustrated or anger-fueled, blurred lines of what's right and wrong. When people tell you you are rubbish, that you're ugly, that you're worthless, you combat that with the truth, with God's promises. I am loved. I have been bought with the precious blood of Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fight with authority, knowing that the battle has already been won. That no matter what mountains you face right now, speak to them with the God's given authority that is within you and tell it to flee. Sickness, you have no hold on me. In the name of Jesus, be well. Fight in love. And through love, see the king's heart, how he longs for his kingdom to come because he wants his creation, all of his creation, to live in the fullness of life, not to live in lack, but prosperity and blessing. When you think of the word king, what do you see? Do you see Jesus, the warrior king? Dressed for battle, his sword swinging back and forth, back and forth. It glides through the air. Destruction personified in his hands, a symbol to the principalities and powers that it is finished. That he has already won. That death is defeated. The warrior king meanders across the throne room. Such confidence, such grace, such authority. And yet, yet he stops in front of you. He takes your hand and calls you his own. You are a son, a daughter of the warrior king. You are a child of the warrior king. He calls you, he sings over you. You are loved, so, so loved by the one who conquered death, the one who destroyed sickness, the one who obliterated loneliness. You are a loved, called, anointed, sent son, sent daughter, of the Warrior King.